Welcome to Living Fullness, a podcast where you're invited to walk with two unusual friends through the ups and downs of the art of friendship. My name is Stina Constantine. My name is Father Sean Burns, and together we explore what it takes to grow real, satisfying friendships, the joys and challenges we face along the way, and of course, becoming a good friend ourselves. We hope by sharing our learning and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. Welcome back to yet another episode of Living Fullness. Thank you so much for being here with us. Whether you're listening through your earpiece, in your car or in your home, we are super excited to have you here today. How are you today, Padre? Very well. Thank you, Steena, and yourself. I am well. I am well. How have things been? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I mean, the, the seminarians are back and into class and and back at teaching and I'm back studying as well. So Ooh. life's been a combination of teaching and studying and praying. That's sort of been the, not necessarily in that order. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how about for yourself? Yeah, good, good. I had a great morning this morning. I actually caught up with one of my teammates, Elise Strum, this morning. We had breakfast together, which was super nice. Always a pleasure to catch up with some of my team. So, Yeah, really nice. good, really nice. good. Very cool. So today's episode, as promised, part three of the question, can men and women be just friends? We have already, I think, uh, started to showcase where we sit with this question. I think so. Based on the previous podcast. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to part one and part two. And essentially, we've been building up to this point to to showcase that men and women are different. We are definitely different, but we're not too different from each other. <laughs> Certainly not too different to to not be friends. Yeah, well, we certain we share the same human nature, don't we? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we're we're two different genders. We have a, a shared humanity. So one might say that we're equal in dignity but complementary in nature, mm. uh, that there's there's a difference yet a complementarity. Mm. Uh, there's a way that we work together and, uh, and, and both men and women are capable of directing their emotions and their passions towards the good of another, even outside of a romantic relationship. Yeah. Shock. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> uh, so... Where do we go from here? What's the the, the 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 sort of major premise of the of what we're saying here today? Yeah, one of the concerns that people on the a different end of the this question will have is that there's just too much risk involved when a man and a woman are entering into any form of a relationship that isn't romantic because the. The starting point of, of the argument is that all relationships between men and women are eventually going to end up in a romantic space. And for two single people who are able to enter into a, a romantic relationship, you know what, that risk is okay. <laughs> that risk is not just okay, it's, it's acceptable and it might even be good. <laughs> so, sure, sure, sure. So that is fine. But to assume that that is always going to be the case is an issue in and of itself mm-hmm. um, to think that that's where it's always going to end up. And, and so I think we can definitely see the point that men and women are made for communion. We can definitely see the point that men and women are made for, forgive the use of this word, 
togetherness. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, but uh, I think though that to pretend as though that communion is impossible outside of a romantic relationship is to limit the breadth of the call to God's uh, the, the call of God to love. Um, in, indeed, there is a, a, a unique communion in the romantic and ultimately the, the, the marriage relationship between man and woman. That is a unique level of communion. But God calls us to love in a rather broad fashion. Uh, so yes, he calls some people to marriage, mm. but he also calls people into friendship as well, mm. even when they're of the opposite sex. Yeah. Uh, you know, Because yes, we're made for communion and not all communion looks exactly the same. Uh, the, the 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 kind of communion that I have with uh, uh, my brother priests is is a little bit different to the kind of communion that I have with my family, and differs again to the communion that uh, we have as friends. Mm. Uh, so communion does not necessarily mean marriage. Uh, it's it's to try and say that 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 all communion is is must be romantic communion, uh, must be communion that leads to a to a marriageable state. Uh, that this is is to re- really limit the breadth of God's call to love, on the basis that it would be impossible for the opposite sex to act and think and feel in an integrated fashion. Mm. And by integrated fashion, I mean in such a fashion that our thoughts and our desires are subject to our reason and not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. And I mean, even thinking about the the kinds of relationships that the followers of Christ would have had. Like thinking about, you know, let's take Mary Magdalene, for example. You know, we mm. know that Mary Magdalene followed Christ and we yeah. know that the disciples, who were men, followed Christ. Absolutely. I can't I can't picture a Jesus who says to Mary Magdalene, Mary, I want you to follow me, but I do not want you to befriend any of these guys because <laughs> you know what? That might form a romantic attraction and that would be most uncharitable of you. Yeah. I just, I can't picture, that, that's not the Jesus that I know. Absolutely. Put it that way. It's just not the Jesus that I know. That's a, that's a two-agendered person. That is, not, that is not Christ. Absolutely. And so our response is that, that male and female friendships with appropriate boundaries are possible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, we don't disagree that men and women are made for communion. However, we do disagree that communion will always and everywhere be romantic and sexual. Uh, we don't disagree that men and women tend to be romantically attracted to each other. Thank God, mm. they are. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, however, we do disagree with the notion that man and woman are dominated by their attractions. Yeah. So what are the implications if the answer is no, men and women can't be friends? Whew. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yes, I think there's some considerable implications there. I mean, for starters, um, it would mean that men and women are driven unavoidably by their emotions and desires. Yeah. And if this were true, how can we expect fidelity in marriage? Yeah. You know, there is, after all, no altar switch, as yep. Sarah Swafford likes to say. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a man uh, and woman can't look at the beauty of another person without indulging their sexual desires in a selfish manner. Uh, it also tells us that human sexuality has no other function other than procreation, which is not, I'll repeat that for good measure, it is not a Christian attitude. Mm. Uh, not a Christian attitude to the body at all. 
The body is the means through which we express our masculine, feminine genius and are able to serve others. Uh, through the body, the truth of who I am and the truth of God who lives in me is brought to light. The body is not a baby-making machine. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it, it is, it is uh, capable of bringing a, a, a life through, through love, capable mm. of bringing life into, into the world. Absolutely, and that's incredible. But the singular meaning of the body is not, a, is, is not that it's a baby, baby-making factory. It's, it's, it's a deeper meaning than that which points to the ultimate uh, reality of, of being able to bring forward new life. Mm. Uh, but without that, that deeper meaning, uh, bringing forward new life is reduced to just a... Yeah, so kind of a biological function. Yeah. That's it, you know. Yeah. So limiting. So limiting. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. What else? Another thing too is that when it comes to this concern around, but isn't it charitable, you know, to to just not enter into this kind of a relationship for for people who believe that uh, a friendship between a man and a woman will only lead to to romance. Isn't it most charitable if those desires are present to just avoid it altogether so as not to not to bring up anyone's hopes and not to send someone in a, in a direction that you don't want them to? Isn't it most charitable to just avoid all circumstances and all possibilities of that ever happening? Mm. And in some relationships, <laughs> that may be very appropriate. Mm. But to make that the general rule, there is a presumption there of responsibility as well. We assume in that that we are solely responsible for another person's thoughts and desires, Mm. which is also not true. We can be instigators and we can encourage certain thoughts and behaviours in another. We can certainly help or hinder another person in that, but we're not fully responsible for the other. The other person has free will, Mm. they have agency. Yeah. (laughs) And to, to assume that, to, to not just assume, but to take that responsibility away from them, again, is quite limiting on mm. the other and what the other is capable of. Sure, sure. Also, you know, all healthy relationships have a, a level of risk involved. Every every form of relationship has a level of risk involved. And, and that risk is there for two reasons. One, it's there to encourage us to, to safeguard one another's dignity and worth, but it's also there to help us step outside of ourselves so that we can actually be a gift Mm. to another. If our primary goal (laughs) and our primary response is to avoid the other person simply because they're of the opposite sex, then how, how can we begin to consider how we can love and actually serve the other if all we're doing is avoiding them? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, And this is why it's so important to remember that friendship here always entails those those boundaries mm. is, that, is that it actually helps to uh to manage that risk and to take up that responsibility in a mutual fashion instead of you know either throwing caution to the wind or playing the blame game yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and remembering those boundaries are there for particular relationships so not everyone has to enter into the same form of exactly. relationship. Just exactly. because a man and a woman are friends doesn't mean that they're best friends. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. Doesn't mean that they're the closest exactly. of friendship that can exist. That's it. That's and it. those it's boundaries, exactly as you said, they're there to help keep that relationship mm. healthy mm. and good. <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. It's interesting to note that the arguments 
that are often given by um, some Christian circles who are against men, men and women being friends are also the, the same arguments are to be found in the atheistic secular world. Yeah. And I find that very interesting. That's fascinating. Mm. That's very mm. interesting. I think the, the, the notion of men and women not being able to be friends is a, an idea which has sprung out of a, a world marked by the sexual revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is not a, a wise position. Mm. Very interesting. Okay. Well, that's sort of our position on the In matter. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, we believe men and women can be friends. Yeah. And, uh, but always with those boundaries placed around it for the protection and service of the other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have questions, thoughts, comments, uh, anything at all that you would like us to know or something that you want us to consider mm. that perhaps we missed. Disagreements. Yes, absolutely. We'll take disagreements. Absolutely. Happy to talk. Get in touch with us. Jump over to our Instagram page, Living Fullness. You can get in contact with us there. Or you can also jump over to Living Fullness Facebook group through the Virtue Ministry page. Um, or if you know us personally, come and talk to us. We'd love to have a chat about it. Mm. Mm. So, before we go, a truth, beauty and goodness for the week, Padre. Yes. I have been, or I've just sort of started the consecration to St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having started that, I'm just beginning to get a sense of the father, the fatherliness of St. Joseph, mm-hmm. and which is something that I think in my Catholic life I've kind of taken for granted because, you know, we, we always as kids we would say, you know, Mum and Dad would encourage us to at the end of prayers to say, you know, good night, sweet Jesus, Mary and Joseph, you know. And, and so Joseph was always a part of the prayer, uh, but was, I guess, just wasn't that considered, I suppose. And and uh, someone that, yes, I think I, I took for granted as, as in my spiritual life. Uh, in fact, he is a father with, with a little F, you know. he's uh, He has this... this um, fatherly care and solicitude for his children, and I kind of feel it, especially as a priest, mm. uh, as a as an altar Christus, and as a as a you know someone who acts in the person of his you know of the son that he was that he was adoptive father to. Uh, well, you know, it, it's it, I kind of feel that very deeply at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. how beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So. Beautiful. How about yourself? Uh, for me, I don't actually know if I've shared this one on the podcast already, but if I have, it is my truth, beauty and goodness for the week again. <laughs> and it's Bible in a Year with yeah, Father Mike Schmitz. Yeah, cool. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Particularly loving all the things that I'm learning about the the sort of symbolic meaning of different parts of the Old Testament. He actually pulls apart in very short snippets, little little tidbits of traditions and uh, way of life and what particular actions would have meant at the time, which at, at the moment we can read and, and sort of interpret in one way, mm. just based on our own experience, but just putting that into context it has been really powerful. So that's, awesome. that's been really cool. So that is nice. mine again, if well I've done. mentioned it before. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, probably will be it's, for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's okay. There's no rule that says you have to have a new one every week, nah. so that's all right. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Yeah. All 
Alrighty. Well, thanks so much for joining us again for another episode of Living Fullness. We hope to see you again next time. But until then, all of our love and prayers. God bless.